Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey. And Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. It is Tuesday, January 26th, 2021. And our quote of the day is... Are you ready? Drum roll, please. 
Rituals. <laughs> Rituals help us feel connected in an increasingly disconnected world. Rituals are the tools of the human workplace. That is from our guest today, Erica Keswin. She's a celebrated management consultant, speaker, author, and we're going to chat today about how rituals at home and at work can increase productivity, sh- sharpen mental acuity, acuity, excuse me, um, and so much more. Um, the book is pretty interesting because, you know, we don't even realize how how many rituals we kind of have in our lives, whether they're mm-hmm. like religious rituals or whatever, and they kind of ground us, I feel like. It's almost like yeah. we know there's some stability in our lives mm-hmm. because these mm-hmm. things exist. Um, and so um, kind of diving deep into the research is pretty fascinating. So we'll get to that in a minute. Um, before we get into some of our other stuff, um, man, so... Can we all discuss where we were a year ago today when we heard the horrendous news that Kobe's plane helicopter went down? I'll never forget. I was at a tanning salon, spray tanning. (laughs) And the woman was like, oh, my God, Kobe Bryant just died. Mm. And his daughter and everyone in this helicopter. And I'm like... I mean, I just got the chills. I was like, what? Mm. And Kevin was waiting for me outside in his car. And I ran outside. And he's like, I know. Like, I just opened the door. And he's like, I know. And we spent the rest of the day in bed in utter and complete shock. Right? I'm getting chills. Are you talking about that? You didn't have to be a Kobe fan to be horrified by that disaster. Mm. Um, And I just remember just we, we couldn't, like get out of yeah. the funk yeah and it was like as we look back now that was the beginning of the end <laughs> True, it yeah. was right it was like a week later yeah. coronavirus I, I think it was pr- pretty much a week later coronavirus had started to take hold and yeah. and i don't remember China. exactly when it hit wuhan but yeah. i know jeff you had an article in today's um you know batch of stuff where it was like Wuhan then, Wuhan now. So when did they say it hit Wuhan officially? Wasn't it at the end of December? Yeah, that's what it, because I remember, Maria, it was end of January when we were kind of joking about coronavirus. Like right around now is when it was like, Mm. I mean, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying America and people were like, oh, that coronavirus, we're hearing about it. Like who knows what it's going to be. It's creepy to think about now how lightly we took, how lightly some people took the news. Um, I remember we were like loading the studio with hand sanitizer and to your credit, Maria, you took it seriously quickly. Um, and that's, I appreciate you as a manager in that way. It's a good lesson for me. Cause I was like, comedy must rule, but also like, why don't we take precautions here? And like, we had hand sanitizer everywhere. We were already doubling our cleaning by the end of January. Was it the uh, end of January? Was, I, I don't think, think so. Started... I think it was February though, Jeff, because yeah. it didn't really hit no. at this point. We weren't talking about it because I'll tell you, the first time I remember hearing about coronavirus was at the Super Bowl. Meredith mm. and I were on our way to um, either to host the Fast and Furious trailer release or rehearse for it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly. I think it was rehearse for it. And we heard about this coronavirus and it's getting everywhere. And we had a driver that they provided for us. And we asked him, like, could you go get us some supplies? Like, we were scared. 
And so he wow. got us some gloves and some masks and some, you know, yeah. we didn't end up wearing the mask, but we were like hand sanitizing and yeah. we we're kind of like, wait, what's happening? And then when I got home, that's when I was like, okay, how are restaurants not taking this seriously? How are businesses not taking this seriously? Like this is, because I'm always, I have like a, a, a really good intuition mm-hmm. and I felt it. And I was like, oh, shit. So that's why I went into action at AfterBuzz. And then I also simultaneously was putting a plan together for us to start shooting remotely. Mm-hmm. And luckily, because I was Zoom queen already, um, I was like, Stephen, you and I are sitting down and we're going to mm-hmm. figure out how we can do these shows, these after shows for AfterBuzz TV via Zoom. And so we cannot have any interruption of service. Um, but I remember going to restaurants and being like, how is no one making us feel safe that they are cleaning, that they're doing all that? It took so long for them to get you there. You remember that even in like February? Mm-hmm. Wow. See, I I don't remember that. Like I remember- End of February. End um, of February. Yeah. Yeah, it was I like remember, end of February. It, it's so crazy. When the Kobe and Gigi stuff happened, I remember my phone went off like right when it happened. It, it was like really early in the morning. And I remember waking up and just being like, holy shit like, holy shit like because i would get a notification like yeah. a news notification and then i was the same way i was up and i just stayed in my bed in my room my roommate and i both the whole day were just like holy yeah. cow but i remember that like covid not really thinking it was a thing until kind of like early end, march yeah and early march were, is when people started taking right, it seriously right yeah. because we went out my birthday's the second mm-hmm. and we had gone out to the bars like mm-hmm. that february 28th whatever it was the date like weekend before and then it was literally i've mentioned this before but like a couple days after that everything was shut down yeah and so i didn't even think anything of it it was cr- it's crazy it's been a year i know we went to the bloodshot premiere for vin diesel mm. and i remember like seeing his sister and everybody and we're like do we hug do we not and <sighs> we're like we kind of did a like screw it like hug and then but like from afar like a like a weird hug and and then after that it was over but you know Kobe's death and the death of everyone on that helicopter um was so shocking it, it reminded me of when my cousin was killed in a car accident it was like so traumatic and mm-hmm. you just kind of are praying it's not that person or praying it really wasn't true, right? I just yeah. kept praying that it wasn't true, that that really happened, that mm-hmm. maybe it was a mistake and misreport. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. Or something, but yeah. 
Um, oh. It really kind of just was the beginning of the shittiest year ever. Yeah. <laughs> and That's so. That's a good point because, like, I remember going into 2020, especially that year. Everyone's like, 2019 was tough, but like, this is our year. 2020, like, everyone, like, the number was cool. Yeah. 2020 vision. Yeah. And you're right, Maria, that especially Kobe was sort of the first feeling of like, this is a senseless tragedy yeah you know like i feel like 2020 was just defined by senseless tragedy Mm. where you know there's some years where tragic things happen but you can point to war or grief or famine Mm. but like that kind of death and this sort of unmitigated pandemic where you can't really trace whose fault it is that was the challenging thing for me about 2020 was just the sense of untraceable complicated tragedy without any kind of villain or source just sadness well and no one knew what to do jeff like that's such Mm -hmm. a huge point because we were all on an equal playing we still are on like such an equal playing field right we had no one to look to we're like what the uh 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 and i remember too going back to the kobe stuff it was really (laughs) surreal and i'm sure you guys felt this too but being in la right it was just like the the energy energy. was heavy who yeah yeah it was yeah it was uh it was not good i will say um, you know, moving on from that, there's some good news today in an arena that's obviously very important to Jeff as he's going to go off and make his first feature film. <laughs> um, and very important to us as filmmakers as well, but really as moviegoers. Mm-hmm. One of the weirdest things has been that kind of like every time you're like stressed or upset or really just need a break, you want to go, uh, let's go to the movies. And then the, there's like that, uh, you can't shit no it's like this weird thing that happens in your body let's go oh mm-hmm. can we go oh shit and the movies are just so amazing because you just Everything. totally escape yep you know i mean we have a screening room which by the way you can have a screening room too for just the cost of a cheap little projector and some white paint on a wall literally let me demystify it for you because my husband demystified it for everyone like 15 plus years ago we had this like little side room at our house and like side of the garage that was locked when we first bought the house. And when we finally got the keys to the house, we're like, what is in here? And we opened it and there were little school desks in there. So oh, they, I've never they did this. home tutoring. It was weird. Wow. <laughs> and so Kevin put this like big reclining couch in and he painted the wall white and he hit a projector on there and we had a screening room. It was amazing. I mean, later we ended up doing it up and doing a better version. Mm-hmm. But um, here at our house in Connecticut, our, we had a big kind of garage and one big bay. The woman who had it before used to do pottery in there, Norma. Yeah. And so we took that pottery room and we made it a screening room. So again, the whole wall is just painted white, projector up, you know, shooting up against it, a couple of couches in front. It's awesome. And we got a screening room. So um, we love watching our movies in the screening room. We love watching the basketball games mm-hmm. on there. It's a floor to ceiling screen. So you kind of feel like you're at the game. But there's nothing like going to the movies yeah, and getting their popcorn and yep. their candy and their soda and their Turning stuff. off your phone, feeling like you actually have to in respect yeah. of everyone else. Yep. Yeah. No, it's the best. There's yeah, so, nothing like it. So the good news is Asian movie theaters are booming and their numbers are exploding past whatever their numbers were a year ago when things were fine. So it is a good sign that um, that the theaters can come back because it is scary um, for our industry and for just, you know, people who love the experience, right? Like forever, people are like, newspapers are dying, newspapers are dying, newspapers are still here, 
right? Mm-hmm. Magazines are dying. Magazines are still here. Yeah, they might not be the business they once were, or they've had to transform and supplement in different ways. Mm-hmm. But like the movies can't go away. Like they just can't. No. So, um, you know, I I hope that that is a good sign for us here in the U.S. And I know we have a backlog of movies mm-hmm. yep. that, um, you know, Fast and Furious being one of them. Um, it's going to be a good summer. I mean, maybe fall, but like, I do think like what <laughs> oh, you're saying. Marie, sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Just hearing that is so depressing. It's, really it's, it's going to be I a mean, good summer. I mean, fall. And we're like, fall. oh, shit. Maybe summer. But guys, we have to go I, through a whole more year of this. Like, listen, we were I good sports. Not. We were good sports, right? And and we've all adjusted and we've made good of it all. And we've, you know, we've gotten better in a lot of ways. But really, like, it'd be nice to go get my nails done. I would really enjoy the experience of, of, of being able to get Honestly, I just like, I'm not an anti-masker. I'm all for masks, but I don't want to wear a mask anymore. Oh my God, guys. The skin. Because of my, because of everybody coming in and out of the house, we've been wearing masks nonstop. I've been getting cysts and legit deep blackheads on my, my nose and on my face that I'm like, I've never seen this before. The zits and stuff like, yeah, you get that. But the blackheads. Mm. It's awful. It's really bad. So... Yeah, I just, I think it's time for this to go. Like, why yeah. can't Trump actually be right and have it just poof, disappear? <laughs> I remember when he was like, one day it's just going to disappear. Poof, poof like whatever. Poof. And you're like, I wish. Could that actually happen? Would that be nice? I know. So fall, <sighs> so fall, Jeff. Fall for movies. I think so. And I think people <laughs> will have that withdrawal. And when all the movies are coming out at the same time, like, I think Laura and I will just be like, our whole month, our whole, every Saturday afternoon, we're just going. Like, we just have to get back in there. Yeah. So I'm hopeful. And it's it's surreal. Isn't it weird to think about movie theaters being full somewhere else in the world? Yeah. Bizarre. He showed me a picture this morning of that. I think it was that same city in China. People were at a concert. Yeah. Life is going on in other places. Well, in what? New Zealand, guys, they have no cases. Australia? And, and they have... They're all having full-on lives. Like, in some parts of the world, the world is going round. Like, everybody said here on the East Coast, Boston, and, like, yeah. you know, things are still going. So when we were in Boston this weekend, um, we went to Fenuel Hall. Absolute death. Yeah, it was bad. Nobody. Mm-hmm. It was so depressing. And then Newbury Street was bumping. Like, mm-hmm. there were people and there was some energy there. But it's um, it's very strange. Yeah, to think that other places people are like living like normal and we're like, yeah, how much longer? Yeah, Eesh, I know. Pretty wild. Can we be next, please? Please. please. We'll be good. We'll be good. <laughs> um, so before we get to chat with Erica about rituals, um, let's have our little Duncan break, shall we? Yeah. Because um, as we talk about rituals, I think a common ritual we all have is our coffee break or our tea break whichever you prefer um i know from my dad you know it was the one thing he looked forward to every day right mm-hmm. manual labor cleaning nightclubs whatever getting that coffee every morning was his like his meditation yeah. it was his ritual and so i feel like when we were here in connecticut that really became my ritual too it's like i'd make my coffee I'd sit down, I would read my things, I would prepare, you know, myself for the mm-hmm. show, and um, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So 
Um, coffee is a ritual and you can make it your ritual if you haven't already. Today we're going to be talking about the Dunkin' Refreshers um, that will be sure to glow up your coffee routine. So if you're not in the mood for coffee and you want to try something fruity, you can mm-hmm. try these Dunkin' Refreshers. So uh, they're fruity green tea based drinks really good. Um, that are packed with B vitamins and flavor for less than 200 calories. Of course you get the energy from the green tea. That's right, you do. Which uh, sometimes that's why coffee can be so pleasant because it'll also open your eyeballs like it did for me today. I had two coffees to open up my my eyeballs today. We've had a couple of rough nights and so I needed dose coffees. Um, So they come in two vibrant flavors. I've got the strawberry passion fruit. Kelsey's got the peach passion fruit. I'm going to taste mine. strawberry dragon fruit. I have strawberry dragon fruit? Dragon fruit. Wait, it says there's only two two flavors. Strawberry dragon fruit is yours, and mine is peach passion fruit. Jeff. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Jeff. (laughs) Strawberry passion fruit. Yeah. Um, I've got the strawberry dragon fruit as well, so I stand corrected. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. Happy holidays. I know. Well, it's funny because when I was... <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> it's Monday, January 2nd. <laughs> Yikes. Sorry, y'all. It's good that we I can can't. laugh about this shit. <laughs> but I have to say, it's funny that you said that <laughs> because this morning when I was ordering... Welcome to Better Alone. <laughs> what? <laughs> This morning when I was ordering, (laughs) yeah, no, wait, okay. This morning when I was ordering at Dunkin', oh my god, that was really freaking funny. (laughs) I said, "Ma'am, can I please get a strawberry one and a dragon fruit one?" And she said, "There's only two flavors." And I was like, "What?" So, huh? Mm. So she—that's why I'm so sure that it's strawberry dragon fruit and peach passion fruit. That is absolutely delicious. It's really good. They're Mine's good. really good too. Damn, I could get addicted to these. Kind of makes me. It's wanna... nice. They're they're tangy and they're very bright and refreshing, mm, yeah. but they don't taste overly sweet. Mm-hmm. Like it's a nice. It, is. it doesn't. Sometimes when you have those sugary drinks, it feels like it kind of crashes your day. Yes. Whereas this just feels like it's adding to your day. Totally. And I really like the color. It makes me feel happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty... Same. Mm. How fun! And this is also wow. a great option for you non-coffee drinkers because I. I'm not a coffee drinker, my big tea gal, but mm. tea can get really boring and sometimes it's just not fun when people are like, let me get my almond milk latte, whatever. And I'm like, I'll take a green tea. <laughs> like, how lame. Wait, but you know what? Kelsey has really come up with a cool way to, um, like we have those Organifi teas mm. that um, have all kinds of healthy, amazing things yeah. in them. So Kelsey will um, steam and froth up milk in our frother. Like almond milk or soy yeah. milk or whatever. I think we're out of soy milk, by the way. Mm-hmm. You see my face just drop? Yeah. There's a shit okay, ton of go. coconut milks in there. Yeah. Don't froth well. Mm-hmm. I really need for my coffee ritual. Right. I need my frother. Got it. So. We need soy. Um, Thank you, Dr. Funk. Yeah. So. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Organify. Oh, so she'll uh-huh. like, she'll take the tea and then we make the frothy milk. And you mix it in and you're like, oh, this is so good. It's almost like a dessert, guys. So if you're also trying to be health conscious, Mm -hmm. what a great way. I had this like pumpkin spice tea in my kitchen. And I was like, oh, let's try the Kelsey. So I threw on the frothy milk. Heaven. So good. Really takes your tea up a notch. Yeah. It's a great, like you said, it's a great dessert if you're trying to be better about sugar or Mm -hmm. whatnot. It's Mm -hmm. delicious. 
Delicious. Mm. Little tea latte Can action. we discuss? All right, friends. Let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me. I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Plus that um, I had... A leftover slice of pizza today from Pizzeria Regina this weekend. Mm -hmm. There is no greater pizza maybe in this whole (laughs) entire world than Pizzeria Regina, um, another Boston-based food item. So, of course, you know, we run on Duncan, and Duncan and us are better together. That's right. Drum roll, please. Where's our, 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 there we go. We're better together, but also I run on Pizzeria Regina, and you should too, because holy moly, is it delicious. Kevin orders it with a little extra sauce, a little extra cheese. It was the most luscious thing I've eaten since probably our bagel bites at Dunkin'. What? Um, Talk about rituals. Good stuff. A nice refresher. It's good. It's really good. These... Mm-hmm. I could suck this down so fast. This is going to be dangerous in the summer. I know. I know. I know. Delicious. They're so smart. I have to say I'm really impressed with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm. We get it. Okay. Good. Let's move on and chat with Erica. Like I said, she's an expert in the business of working human. She was named one of Marshall Goldsmith's top 100 coaches in 2020, as well as Business Insider's most innovative coaches of 2020. Her new book, Rituals Roadmap, offers groundbreaking statistics and tools that highlight the power of rituals in our everyday lives, professionally, personally, and of course, during a pandemic that, as Jeff reminded us today, ain't ending for a while. So, Erica, thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for having me. Um, So, why did you choose rituals for this book? I mean, was it because you stumbled upon that research when you were writing your other book? It was, a, it was a piece of it. I, um, you know, it was funny. It's so great to see you again. Thank I remember you. last time we did this, I was in LA. Yeah. Um, and we did it in person. So hi from afar. Hi from afar. Um, I know, right. It was so, it was such a great sunny day. I was looking at the picture. Um, so I didn't necessarily seek out to write another book, especially so, so soon after Bring Your Human to Work. But <clears throat> one of the takeaways that I had after Bring Your Human to Work came out as I heard from leaders and continued to interview people was that the people who were most successful about having a more human culture and bringing some of the principles into their lives from bring your human to work, they were using rituals as a tool, you know, whether they realized it or not. 
that many of them had rituals as a way to feel more connected to each other, to their teams, to their families, to their significant other. And I had this literally this light bulb moment one day, which ironically was during my own one of my own rituals where I have a monthly dinner at this Italian restaurant with a friend and colleague, and we were processing all the feedback from the book. And that's when this idea came to me and I decided to begin studying the science of rituals. So talk about kind of what your definition of a ritual is for people. I love that question because a ritual is different. It's different than a habit, different than a routine. So my definition, there's two parts. One, a ritual is something to which we assign meaning. It's something that happens on a regular basis. There's a cadence to it. It could be once a day, once a month, once a year. I was talking the other, actually last night, about inauguration rituals, right? They're every four years. Mm -hmm. But the other part of the ritual definition is really interesting to me. A ritual is something that goes beyond its practical purpose. And so let me share an example. If, if If all of a sudden where I am right now, the lights go out in my apartment, and I can't see and I light a candle so that I can see, that's not a ritual. But if I light a candle every Friday at five o'clock to signify the end of the work week and the beginning of the weekend, that's a ritual. It's on a regular basis. I am assigning a certain kind of meaning to it and purpose. And you know, there's no, pract- no practical purpose because it's not for the light. Interesting. And so you found so um so much research like there was one um one piece that i pulled out that i thought was interesting oh i also thought by the way you almost got me to start smoking erica um you were like (laughs) you know you were talking about like smoke breaks and what a ritual those are i've always talked about the bond that smokers have with each other that's so major and almost impenetrable by the way um in a bad way sometimes but um but I think that you also said that um, loneliness has the equivalent uh, is equivalent to having 15 cigarettes a day. So Correct. I was like, wait, should I start smoking? Is this like a good thing for me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, no. And actually, the chapter in my new book is called The No Smoke Break. So I like the idea of the break and mm-hmm. I love the idea of the bonding that comes out of those breaks, mm-hmm. but no, let's not start smoking. Um, and, and, but it is funny. And there, there's, um, when I, when I speak at companies and in my new keynote that I put together around this book, there was a friends episode. Yes. Called, right. That you yes. know, Rachel, Rachel doesn't smoke. And, and, but it, I agree with you the, and you know, I'm 52. So I was around when people were having these smoke breaks and uh-huh. bonding uh-huh. And, and I was friends. left out. Right. And, and right. And meeting their significant other. But also from a work perspective, they were productive because I would bump into you at the smoke break and we'd you know shoot the breeze. What did you do this weekend? You know, how's your dog? And then I would say, oh, by the way, Maria, you know, I, I was going to call you later, you know, or email you. But and all of a sudden we don't need to go back and forth seven times in the afternoon, which is why these breaks and these rituals are good for us as people. Our oxytocin goes up, our feel good hormone our stress goes down and they're good for work because we increase our productivity. So tell everybody about your no smoke break. So the no smoke break is, it's part of your rituals roadmap. So when you think about where in your life 
you can put rituals in? Where are there opportunities? I want readers to think about this from two perspectives. One is the day in their life. So some people like to have rituals in the morning, their 11 a.m. break, rituals around meals. I have always been, you know, I wasn't a smoker, but I was always a chocolate, you know, dark chocolate person, you know, in that late afternoon time to have a break. So think about your day and what works for you. Um, some people now are talking to me a lot about rituals to help transition from work to home, especially when they're literally going from one room to the next. Mm. So the, the, the no smoke break is a time to be intentional, to take a break. And it's to take a break to connect with others on your team. It could be with your family, with your kids, um, calling your parents or, and even more important, it's about taking a break to, to connect with yourself. You know, what do you need? Um, a, a leader from Facebook shared recently that she has a break ritual called 20 by 20 by 20. Every 20 minutes, she takes a 20 second break, 20 feet from her computer, Ooh. just to get her away from the from the screen. You know, another person that I love said, the 20, 20, 20 break. We need to like share that with so, people on it's social. So Kelsey. <laughs> My mic was on semi, Erica. <laughs> Hi, Erica. I was going to say, Jeff and I talked about that this morning, and I was like, that seems like a lot to me, like every 20 minutes. But I guess the way you just said it, it's like, it's really not. Mm -hmm. Well, it clears your head, because right. once you're like, you keep steaming, 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 and there's so much going on, going on, going on. If you don't step aside for a second, you miss so much, and you're 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 just throwing data over data over data over data, and everything starts yeah. to burn yeah. out. I love and your that. eyes, your eyes mm. on the screen. Mm -hmm. Again, that's just what she does. You know, I stop probably once every half an hour. There's some research by Tony Schwartz, who is the CEO of, of an organization called the Energy Project. And what he found that the optimal amount of time to take a break, you know, in which to take a break is actually 90 minutes. And I remember seeing research, you know, you know, if you take a nap and you take a nap for 90 minutes and you just happen to wake up, you feel like, like a million bucks. But if, at least for me, if I take a nap that's like two hours, like too long, oh, you end it. up feeling so sluggish, right? Yeah. So some people say that that 90 minutes, if you can do that on a regular cadence, that is how you can maintain your optimal energy throughout the day. So wild. I like the no smoke break. We have to figure out what that looks like. I know that I was trying to get us together as a team with everyone who's kind of you know, tangentially working with us so that everyone felt like a part of the team. Kelsey never made it happen. I blame her. Um, but um, but even like having birthday rituals for everybody. Remember, we didn't we didn't call our friend on his birthday either. Him. You did? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but um, <laughs> but I wanted to do birthday rituals because whenever I was on a set, I made sure I was the one to know everyone's birthdays so that I would have a cake for them. Yep. And, you know, everybody appreciated that. And it was always a nice moment where we could break from everything, right. celebrate someone and and have. A I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria. My mom would say in her Greek accent, Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days 
days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. A little bit of, you know, sugar. But um, but yeah, I think I think those are great. So one of the things that I pulled here that I was thought was fascinating is like you were talking about um uh the toxic stress-filled workplaces and how they affect social relationships and um you know, how it's not expensive to create these workplace rituals for people. Mm-hmm. So um, maintaining a positive work culture is incredibly cost effective. The American Psychological Association estimates that more than 500 billion, 500 billion is siphoned off from the U.S. economy because of workplace stress. And 550 million workdays are lost each year due to stress on the job. Furthermore, 60% to 80% of workplace accidents are attributed to stress. And it's estimated that that it's also the cause of more than 80% of doctor's visits. That's crazy. So... Right. But rituals. So so where do rituals come into play as it relates to those numbers? I've come up with something that I call the three P's of rituals. Yes. I want you to tell people about this. The first P is rituals give us a sense of psychological safety, a feeling of belonging. It's the first P. The second P is they give us an opportunity to connect to purpose. And you know, purpose, when you feel purposeful at work, when you're connected to the purpose of your organization, your own purpose and values, you are more engaged at work, you're happier, and those have bottom line implications. Add those two Ps together, psychological safety plus purpose equals performance. And that's human performance. So we were talking earlier, you know, when you have these rituals, you know, the, the no smoke breaks, right? Mm-hmm. Your cortisol, your stress is going down your oxytocin, your feel-good hormone goes up. And when and some of the research shows that for people that work at high trust organizations, places where they feel like they can be them, where they don't have to leave who they really are at the door, collaboration goes up by 47% and productivity goes up by 50%. And so it really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And all of those things I mean, as you were reading back those numbers, and I, I've seen them so many times, but every time I hear them, I'm struck by them, mm-hmm. is you can imagine the internal stress in your body. If you were going to work in person or even remotely, and the remote part is is even worse for many people, that, that, that the toll that it's taking on your body when you feel like you have to pretend to be someone else mm-hmm. and hide who you are. So... The, the implications are real. So the rituals, for everyone listening, is about connectivity, right? We, we started with your quote about um, disconnection, right? Rituals help us feel connected in an increasingly disconnected world. So I know as I'm sitting here, I'm like, shit, I was really, really trying to push r- rituals on everybody. You know, I would have basketball nights at my house for the crew and I would have um you know potlucks at at work or I would cook for everybody on the holidays when 
we had shitty bosses that made us work even though it didn't matter on Christmas Eve what um but I was like okay for everyone who's going to be stuck here working when everyone else is off in our industry I was like okay we'll cook and we'll make it nice for everybody um but I was constantly trying to create connectivity because um I I think I always felt out I never felt like I was in and I always had to try to work hard to feel in. And so that's why I led the the charge to make sure everyone felt in with me rather than right. um, the opposite. It's interesting. What, what, what's interesting about what you, what you just said is that that's an opportunity for anybody listening. When you think about creating these rituals, you can think about them through the lens of inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't, it can have the opposite effect. I heard a story, I swear to you, a week ago, where during COVID, there was a team in a law firm that started um, a ritual over the last nine months. And the ritual was they were having a contest of who could grow the most facial hair. (laughs) And every week they would check in. Now, that did not go well for the woman on the team. Did she try? <laughs> I'm like, did it not go well because she wasn't included or did the mustache really look horrific? <laughs> but can you imagine? I mean, talk yeah. about feeling like yeah. feeling left out. Yeah. I mean, and and on Zoom, these rituals are real opportunities to hear from hear from everyone. You're going to have your extroverts. You're going to have your introverts. And we had the, this in person, but I think now or I've, what I've seen and been hearing from people is that it's even harder for people sometimes to, to speak up when they're, on a, when they're on a screen. And so leaders can use rituals, mm-hmm. things like, you know, instead of everybody, you know, in the beginning of COVID, what I was hearing was, it was great, you know, leaders were checking in with their employees more than we had. You know, Maria, how are you doing? And you know, every we were things were scary, and they yep. still are. I mean, I know you personally have a lot going on. You're yeah. like, my mom passed away in April, um, oh. not from COVID, but I couldn't see her. I mean, we I'm I was so in the beginning, sorry. and so yeah, it's so every day, even now, ten months in, there's different things going on as it relates to this pandemic for all of us. Yeah, and so in the beginning of COVID, the leaders were checking in. And the question I get now is, do I need to keep checking in? And my answer is yes. However, it does not need to take 20 minutes of a 45 minute meeting because mm-hmm. we also have work to do. So how can leaders use rituals to your point to create those connections? Yeah. So one leader shared that, um, and the team knows this ahead of time. So if you have your introverts, you know, you can plan what you're gonna mm-hmm. say, but he goes around the, the Zoom, the room, and he says, okay, everybody, give me one adjective to describe how you're feeling today. And so if I give an adjective that shares, like I am losing it, um, and hopefully you feel psychologically safe enough to be honest, what's going to happen is you're not going to solve anything in that moment, but it, A, allows the leader to then follow up with me later and have a one-on-one, which helps for, you know, building those relationships and retention and all those important things at, at work. But it also then says, huh, maybe we shouldn't give Erica the mission, you know, the, the, the critical project for our client today because clearly something's going on or maybe she needs some help. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a way, again, to, to forge these connections 
and provide insight and, and deepen relationships, but also get make sure that business gets done. How do we create rituals that are cost effective, that are actually fun, though? Because the check-ins, okay, um, those are great. And they'll work for some people and not for others, because no matter how safe you try to make someone feel, if they just don't feel it, they don't feel it. And most of that is because, you know, there isn't that connectivity there to to do that. So how do you do that in this world and the current, you know, climate? Well, my hope, even with that example I just gave, there is an opportunity behind the scenes to have those one-on-ones to at least begin to to move the needle. But I, I agree with you. A couple of ideas come to mind. You know, one is we need to use and leverage a variety of mediums of communication. So being on Zoom all day just sucks. I mean, Mm -hmm. let's be honest. And not every Zoom is created equal, but it is very difficult. And as we said, we need to build in these breaks. But what I've seen to be effective is that people respond to different mediums in different ways. I do believe that at least one, if you have a team, at least once a week, we all need to see each other. We need to remember that there is a human behind the screen, mm-hmm. but we don't need to do it all day, every day. So there could be meetings where we're on the good old fashioned phone. I mean, I have had, and I never thought as someone who wrote a book called Bring Your Human to Work, I can't <laughs> even believe I'm saying this, but I have had some of my most productive and even um, intimate conversations this in the last you know six nine months on the phone where i've gone for a walk and someone else has gone for a walk we've been outside i'm not distracted by what i'm seeing or looking at myself and Mm -hmm. you know if i have no makeup on in my little square but i'm actually connecting that way i've also seen organizations use 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 slack or whatever kind of um you know intranet texting capabilities instant messaging to you know add some fun rituals you know whether it's everybody's posting things about the weekend or their dogs i mean again all all of these things don't work for everyone but i would try to mix it up yeah um like we have our victories in our slack and then that kind of gets everyone excited like we're accomplishing and it's fun and we're all cheering each other on yeah i like that Exactly. Someone said the other day I was doing an event and in person they used to have this big gong and everybody loved it. Well, they're not in person right now. So some people were right. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. In the word gong um, on the Slack channel, which got them excited. And I said, you know, what about if you know, meetings are a huge opportunity for rituals. So what about somebody goes to buy a gong and in the beginning of your team meeting, you know, hit it for the number of times um, you had the wins during the week. Or what could be funny is you're home in your kitchen, bang your pot, 
you know, have somebody take mm-hmm. a video of you and mm-hmm. upload it. And, you know, you, you, I think what's what your question makes me think about is you can't force feed a ritual. Yeah. You know, it's not that you can come in and say, okay, everybody, you know, today our ritual is X. You can try, but it may not stick. And I tell leaders, you know, don't take it personally. If, if you know, many of the rituals in the book are organic and authentic, they come bottom up. They're not always top down. And yeah. the ones that tend to be the most sticky are are linked to values and mission. So, you know, looking right at the screen behind you where it says better together. You know, if you're better together with your team, what rituals can you think about where you bring everyone together because you know that as individuals and as a team, you in fact are better together. Mm-hmm. I love that. It reminds me of um, when I came home from one of my Tony Robbins seminars. I was at E! News. I was so pumped up that I was like, every day, at noon we're having a dance party for a minute guys and so i'm in the newsroom no joke i would blast the music in the newsroom and i'd start jumping up and down dancing and running through and grabbing anybody that would do it and of course there were some people who did it some people who didn't and you know it's like awkward at first and then more people would join and then more people would join and then eventually i got tired (laughs) but i tried so i think it's also really important that you're sharing like don't be offended. Some of them will work. Some of them won't. You try. Um, I know that um, my attorney was telling me that this holiday they had, you know, usually they have their holiday parties. They did their holiday party over Zoom. And he said it was the best holiday party they have ever had. And wow. so I feel like. Listen, what did they do? I, they just, it was just fun. Like they just made it fun. I don't remember all the specifics and I probably should to like bring it up right now because that is a natural <laughs> question to ask. And I'm like, shit, I don't remember. But, um, but I do know rituals are built around, you know, things that aren't as healthy for us, but it's indulgences that we can enjoy, whether it's food or drinks or, you know, alcohol, coffee, whatever. But there are non-alcoholic things. By the way, you've been trying that Kin stuff. Do you like it? Love it. Okay. Love it. Interesting. You're just non-alcoholic wine kind of, right? It's like a bitter almost. So it's kind of like a liqueur. Eric, I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's amazing. It's for people who want to like have a mocktail, but not just make it sparkling water and like a lime, Mm. right? So it's like this little bitter, um, yeah, liqueur sort of thing. And it has a little bit of caffeine in it. So it kind of makes you feel like you have a buzz. It's really awesome. It's called Kin. Yeah. So, you know, I'll kind of signify like shutting it down by making myself a margarita. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Kelsey will get her Kin on. That's right. And I made your dad one the other night. But I enjoyed. Yeah. But I feel <laughs> like like even if you have a small company, it's like, okay, declaring like, all right, it's happy hour. We're all going to get together on yeah. Zoom and we're all just going to have some drinks, have some laughs, talk about what's going on in our personal lives or whatever we want to share. Those are easy ways to kind of do this and get people connected. And we are going to get that done. We have a joke here. We blame everything on Kelsey. But now I think we should make Jeff the blame okay. because Jeff's 100%. leaving. So like he can 100%. take the hits. Yes, please. But it is more fun to blame you because okay. you, you you really take it in stride for fun. Um, but I, I think it. we need to get our, exten- our extended team and yeah. have a really fun cocktail night um, because I love kind of you know, sharing my appreciation for each of them. Mm. And I do it individually. And sometimes in Slack, we have our groups, but um, there are some people who are not in the Slack that that should get that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyhow, I think it's pretty cool. But I do, 
I do love this topic, and I think that we've learned so much. I mean, the 20-minute, 20 20-second, 20 20-feet 20 break was pretty amazing, right? Every 20 minutes, a 20-second 20 break, 20 feet from your computer. I'm going to try that. Even if it's just like a stretch, mm-hmm. and you don't have to do 20. It could be 40, 40, 40, or 60, right, 60, right. 60. Um, but I, I like the idea that, you know, you're giving yourself a moment, and I think connecting with people is so important and it's just crazy as we were talking so much of my experiences were coming back where I was like I tried I really tried <laughs> so yeah, people loved it also, I'm glad that we talked about that because it's and, and also if you were to get your group together and do a cocktail night you can say you know what it'd be great we should we should be better together once a month like and get ideas mm-hmm. from the group or the ritual could be that a different person plans it once a month yeah um because i do think in the data show i mean we you know good thing as in my first book good things happen when people connect and yeah we need to think about ways to to do it where we have fun yeah where it doesn't feel like a chore where it's it, it it sort of represents your culture and, and who you are as an organization. Well, that's also kind of the logic behind networking, right? Like networking is such a like kind of ugly word for a lot of people. But the truth is you're trying to connect with somebody and hoping that you guys can, can work together or can figure something out to do together or whatever. Right. And you usually do it over a coffee, a lunch, <clears throat> excuse me, a breakfast, a cocktail, whatever it is. And you don't just jump in and be like, I need this or I want this. You have conversation, you connect, and then right. the other person is more likely to meet you right. where you need to be met or to work with you. They get to know who you are. They get to know your values. Are we aligned? Is this somebody I want to work with? You can't right. just you know, make all of that happen without that connectivity. Mm-hmm. It's It takes work. Yeah. Well, and, and what that reminded me of, you know, one of the the beginning chapters in the book is about rituals around onboarding. I mean, so you're bringing in someone new to your organization. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you were talking about, you know, feeling out, feeling on the outside, I mean, what an important opportunity to make someone feel connected and that Mm -hmm. sense of belonging on their first day Mm -hmm. of work or their first week or their first month. So I, I thought of it when you're talking about networking because you're networking and then you get a new job. And especially now people are saying they are now working with people, half their team they've never met in person. Yeah. And so I think it's a real opportunity to use rituals to say, you know, what is it, you know, what's gonna happen when everybody starts on their first day of Zoom, Zoom work um, where yeah. you show up and you're not sitting at home going, am I supposed to log on? And what am I supposed to do? Who am I having lunch with? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's stressful for people. So that's something yeah. to really think about because the other part is is that many organizations are telling me that they may not go back to work till next summer, if if at all, or even when they do go back, it's only gonna be a couple days a week. So mm-hmm. this new normal <laughs> is now normal and it's, and it's not going away. And I think rituals, if we're intentional, can really be be the glue to create these these sticking points. Yeah, it's so um, so important. Like I know when we've worked with people, we've I generally will say off the top, like, listen, whoever we work with becomes family, mm-hmm. because I like to set the tone instantly for people to know that we're a team, we're family, um, and and I want them to feel safe. Maybe because I never felt safe. 
I want them to know that they're going to be loved and um, and appreciated or whatever. And so, um, and then, you know, if they don't work out, they don't work out. There's, you know, many examples of people who just don't fit um, right. and didn't appreciate that or, um, you know, sometimes say the right things to get in and then don't know what they're doing or whatever. But um, I like to kind of start there and then it's up to them whether they meet us there too. But um, but without that connectivity, like I told Kelsey, when you when you first onboard someone, there's that period where you're trying to figure each other out mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, is she like this? Is she like that? You know, can I trust her? Can I not? You know, is she going to do it? Is she going to not? Like you're always kind of like, and then if something happens, are you going to take it personally? Are you not? Yeah, there's yeah. all the... So tiptoeing. So yeah. if you can create these rituals off the bat, people get to know you as a human. And when you exactly. know them as a human, everything changes. Like Kelsey and I spent, you know, like a day together and then hit the road last summer. <laughs> and from then on, we lived together here in Connecticut and worked on the show. And I said to her, the reason I feel like our relationship worked so quickly was because we had so much human time together, yeah. not just work time, yep. that there was no question of who she was and who I was, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I got to see, you know, first of all, she's the most sunshine committee human mm. person I've ever met in my life. I've never seen anyone who's sunnier consistently in my whole life. Oh. Nothing gets this girl down. my house? You're not that far from Absolutely. me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, she is like, literally you'll turn the corner, she's like, hi, and I'm like, how is she real how is this real so um so once you get to see someone's character and you really understand who they are then you understand their flaws you understand their goods you understand everything that makes them them right no one's gonna be perfect um but it when you get to know them as a human then it's it's a different story and so um you know, you can't get that without the connectiveness, which you can't get without the rituals. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is really cool. I love One it. more super quick question, Erica, before we get out of here, just as you're talking about the new culture of Zoom work. And I think so many of us are working at home and we talk on this show about the dangers of waking up and getting right into your phone and bed on email or going straight to your desk in your PJs and starting email. Do you have any like quick hit takeaways that people can do to create a little bit of a sense of boundaries between their life at home and their life at work when both of those are at home? Yeah, it's a great question. It goes back to that rituals roadmap and saying, okay, where are their opportunities? I tell people, just like when you're thinking about New Year's resolutions, you know, most of them are gone by February anyway. I think 80% of them um, have failed by February. So don't go in there and say, okay, I'm going to all of a sudden try to come up with, you know, 27 rituals over the course of the day. I would think about the, you know, the sort of the natural evolution cadence of their day and where it makes the most sense for them. For some people, the morning is great. For some, it's not. You know, if you have a bunch of little kids running around, it, it might be tricky. But you, it is an important time to think about um, when, when you're going from home to work, many people have started doing these faux commutes because even though we used to complain about the, <laughs> the, the commute and the traffic and you know, all the things that were so, you know, t- that's right, Marie, you were from LA or yeah. lived in LA, right? I mean, God, that, I, so many people complain nonstop about the hours in the car, but now people realize what else they miss about that commute. Stopping at their favorite place, you know, 
to get a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, um, listening to their favorite podcast. This was a time, and they didn't realize it then, where they had a number of rituals. Mm -hmm. And, And when we lose our rituals, there truly is this feeling of of loss. Mm -hmm. And so it's been hilarious that people are calling me and telling me that they literally kind of act out their commute in their house or they hide in the corner and they're going to start doing that. I don't believe you. What what does a faux commute look like? (laughs) I need to know one good example. Well, no, literally going for a walk, walk. I mean, I, well, I'll admit I did it one day myself. I walked to my office and then I walked home. Stop. And there was this sense of, of this safety, like, okay, things are going to be okay. My office is still here. You wow. know, Sarah Blakely, the the yeah. founder and CEO of Spanx, talks, talked about this a lot, even pre-COVID. For her, um, she lives very close to Spanx headquarters in Atlanta. And she realized that part of her best thinking was done in the car, mm-hmm. but she lives too close. So she created this faux commute to kind of drive around for a while before, you know, be- before she got to the office because you know once you get to the office as Jeff was saying the emails start and this starts and so people are taking that concept and realizing that you know for many people especially where I live in New York City they're living in these small places sometimes some of them their office is their bedroom and you need to create that division so for some people it's meditation for some people it's their you know, deep breaths over a cup of coffee. You know, everybody has something different. And I think you'll like this. The The question that I ask people for, for them to start thinking about rituals in their lives, like where do we start? The question that I ask is, what do you do? And you can answer it if you want to. Um, what do you do, Maria, in your life that makes you feel most like you? Hmm, most like me? I mean, laughing for sure, but like, um, I, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't know how to answer that. I don't think. Right. So, so it's, a, it's, you know, it could be, you know, for me, you know, I, I do, I have a morning ritual and, you know, I love to have a cup of coffee in the morning and, and I used to realize that I, would go and get my coffee and have my, oh, I have it right here, my moleskin, very old school notebook and have my list checklist and feel like Wonder Woman and productive and it's not even 7.30 in the morning. And then one day I realized I, I hadn't even tasted the coffee. Kind of bummed me out because I think about it the night before I go to bed. So um, I, st- I stopped and said, you know what? I, it was almost this moment where I was elevating this sort of everyday routine or habit into a ritual. And now I go, I get my coffee, I take a few deep breaths. I I mean, rituals are um, really connected to your senses, what you smell, hear, taste often. And so I, I feel the heat on the cup on my hands and I feel it kind of go through my body in the morning. And again, what is a ritual? It's something that you can't imagine not being there every day. Mm. And so that few minutes for me is when I begin to feel most like me. And it's like that, that moment, you know, to Jeff's question of that transition from waking up to starting my day. Okay. Now it makes more sense Mm -hmm. to me. For me, it's being outside. Hands down. My ritual is I have to be outside. Mm -hmm. 
It doesn't mean I have to even move. I just have to be outside breathing the fresh air and smelling it and like feeling all of nature. That is me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could, I, I mean, I'm, you and I are looking at each other on the screen, but for those who are listening, like I could see when you were saying that your body language changed, like your yeah. eyes even closed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that mm-hmm. is you. And a day is not going to go by, you know, if you're in Connecticut and it's snowing, you have a coat on, but like you're going to make sure that that's a part of what you do every day. Mm-hmm. So for people listening with, with Zoom all day and working from home, it goes back to what you were saying before. These rituals, they don't have to cost anything. They don't have to take a lot of time, but they have a huge, huge impact on our health and well-being. Yeah. I love it. Erica, thank you so much. Um, this was amazing. Maria, can I ask her one last quick yes. question? Just very quick. Erica, what do you say to those people who are like, well, I can't be consistent with it. I don't know. Like, I love being outside, but I don't have time. I don't know if I even have five minutes in the morning. What do you say to those people? I say I, I try to lead with the data mm. and the science. And I, 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 I just don't believe that. I think yeah. we make time mm-hmm. for what we want to make time for. And I push mm. back on them and I say, let me ask you this. Does your calendar reflect your values? Mm-hmm. Ooh. And are you spending time with the people with whom you want to spend it and doing what you want to be doing? And I'll even say, pull out your phone, look at what you did last week and see where you can move some things around. And I push back on them because we all know we can make time for what we want to make time for. So if I have the naysayers that believe it's touchy-feely or believe that it's not going to have an impact on health or wellness or in the workplace, I get a lot of, yeah, right, we have work to do. I try to lead with, with a lot of the studies that show the impact and get people to start slow. And and maybe what I would then go back to them and say, well, maybe you're trying, you know, maybe you're picking the thing that that isn't the thing that makes you feel most like you, mm-hmm. you know, maybe really stop and think about that. And that's the whole part about trying to design your own rituals roadmap that's really connected to you and your values. That's a great point. That's why you I don't stick that. with it because it's not you. Right, right. Well, um, if you guys want to know more about uh, Erica and her workshop opportunities, you can go to ericakeswin.com. We will link to that in the summary. And of course, her book is out today, Tuesday, January 26th. It can be found anywhere uh, books are sold. We will include a link to it in our description. Erica, thank you so much. This is so fun. I know. It was great to see you. I'm going to come stop by in Connecticut the next time I'm there. Come on by. We'd love to see you. (laughs) We'll go for a walk in nature. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. I would love that. All All right. right. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye, Jeff. Bye, Kelsey. All right. She's so awesome. I love that. I think, um, you know, we all have to figure out what our rituals are. Do they reflect our values? And if we Mm. haven't figured them out start making your list and i love that too it's almost that like if it's uncomfortable and you are forcing yourself to do it every day yeah clearly that's not it yeah i love well, that i think that's where your gut checks have to come in in life mm, right if you're yeah. doing a workout that you hate don't do that workout don't do it, yeah. if you're creating you know a, a set of habits or rituals in the morning you know that aren't working for you don't do them mm-hmm. so um that's great yeah i think that for was me really it's good. that 
does your calendar reflect your values? Yeah. I literally, I was on mute back here, but I went, woo. It was like, that's <laughs> one of those moments where you're like, if that was a guiding principle of the way we lived our life, mm-hmm. I think Erin Falconer said something similar when she came on the show to talk about her book, How to Get Shit Done. But I think that's a great question to just be asking yourself all the time. Does my calendar reflect my values? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I Love think so it. too. All right, guys. Um, if you haven't joined us on Patreon, now is a great time. Kelsey's organizing our next workshop, which at the yes. $10 tier you can be a part of, which we will have um, monthly amazing guests with us that um, you will have exclusive access to, um, the greatest healers and experts from all areas of life. <clears throat> I forget who you said you're working on for Cindy Valentine's Dale. Day. Cindy Dale. Great. Um, for the heart chakra That's right. event. Um, but even in the lower tiers, you get ad-free shows and extra shows and so much more. So join us over there. Of course, it helps us as well. Keep the lights on. Um, if you want some more advice from another badass female <laughs> business expert, you can check out Erin Falconer, who Jeff was just mentioning, um, talking about her book, How to Get Shit Done. It's episode number 115. Um, can we have our ritual, guys? Yes. With our refresher? Yes. Duncan. Mm. We could have weekly Duncan refresher. We should. Um, because it. that's what you can have. Yeah. Since you can't have coffee. I'm here for it. Then you're included. Thank you. I don't you. want you to be unincluded. Thank you, Maria. Um, you're welcome, Kelsey. <laughs> it's not like we're doing a hair growth competition. Yeah. That guys, was crazy. That was, I was dying. I'm like, did it go bad for her? Because she grew the <laughs> longest mustache. That was, that was fun. I could have come in with my leg hair. Come on, girl. Um, tomorrow, <clears throat> tomorrow, we have best-selling author Penny Pierce, who's considered one of the world's foremost experts on the world of dreams. Oh my gosh, oh, I'm so excited! Me too. Okay, she's going to speak to us both about the scientific and spiritual aspects of dreaming, and give us strategies to remember, interpret, and improve our dream life. Wow, guys! I, speaking of, remind me, I had the creepiest right dream about my mom the other night. Mm. And so I have this helmet from Mexico that, Mm -hmm. um, it's not from Mexico, it's actually from Germany that Mexico sent me. And we're supposed to both use it. And I haven't gotten all the instructions yet, but I had this dream that I put it on my mom and something was kind of short circuiting. And then all of a sudden, all these veins were like coming out of her face and I had a freak attack and I woke up and was like, yeah, and I want to know what that means. And I'm saying it right now because I will forget. By the time this happens I want to guess interpret. So mark it down. You can have your guess ready. I want you to write it down on paper. And then you share it after she shares what she thinks it was. But it was scary. Wow. Um, So um, we will be chatting with Penny about dream interpretation. Hopefully it goes well and she'll want to do one of our Patreon episodes so that we could interpret some of our Patreon members' dreams. Hello. That's why you guys want to join, because we come up with cool <laughs> shit like that. Right. Um, and, you know, thank you to all of you, our Heal Squad, for being on this journey with us every day. If you could share this with a friend, tell a friend about what we're doing here um, and help us build this show, um, we would appreciate it. Um, you know, we need every bit of help we can get. So um, thank you for that. In the meantime, you can follow us at Better Together with Maria, at Erica Keswin, at Jeffrey Crane Graham at Kelsmeyer too and remember it's Jeffrey's fault I, what <laughs> shit and remember happy, happy holidays, holidays. <laughs> happy holidays guys bye and remember 
<laughs> I'm choking on my snort. Be nice people. Make good choices. <laughs> I'm going to start crying. I'm so tired. You know, when you're so tired, you start crying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm seconds away. Be nice people. Make good choices. <laughs> and be present. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.